0: Hallelujah. We want to welcome you to River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where Jesus is Lord. And we are exalting his precious and wonderful name. And we want to lift up the Lord Jesus tonight, who is the pattern of ready. He's always ready, and we want to be ready like he is. So uh, tonight we're ministering uh, number four, if you're following us. Is your ready ready? So you have to ask yourself, is my ready ready? Ready? So let's turn to Proverbs chapter 29, and let's, let's see what the Word says. It'll judge us, it'll gauge us, it'll, con, con, uh, it'll uh, bless us, Proverbs 29. We said Sunday about this, that, uh, lot, there, that uh, it's not enough to experience life. You have to in- interpret life. It's not what will be will be. It'll be what you say it should be. Now, you can have that other, what will be will be, and you'll go down a raggedy little old road, but you have to interpret life. You have to see what's really coming. You have to see who, what's behind people that are trying to come into your life. You have to know what your money's really doing. You have to interpret your money, because otherwise you'll say, well, they, you know, they have more money than me. I do. I'm not giving to them. You have to interpret that. Hallelujah. You got to interpret symptoms in your body. You got to say, what is this? Is this real? Is this, is this my destiny? Is, is this my fate? Is God through with me yet? Or you got to interpret life in the, by his stripes. I was healed. We're all having to interpret it. And for sure, life is not automatic. You've got to navigate life. you got to get up every day, and you got to face it. And it's like, well, I made it yesterday. I'll probably make it today. Well, the devil, he's getting better at what he does in everybody's life because we're giving him patterns of, uh, that he can work against us. I wrote down the Bible is God's code breaker. The Bible is God's code breaker to access heaven on earth. Code breaker, you know. In the in World War II, they had the um, the, the Germans, the Japanese, they all had codes, and um, they were always trying to break those codes. Well, people of the world don't understand the Bible; they don't understand the Word of God. But it's life to us, and health, and healing to all our flesh. And and God, the Holy Ghost is is this is the code breaker. We'll we'll see what He's saying by the Spirit, and we'll, we'll live a better life. So Proverbs twenty nine eighteen we looked at it Sunday, and so we'll look at it again. It says, where there is no vision. Uh, I looked it up in the, uh, the Hebrews, and it says, it teaches where there is no progressive vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no progressive vision, or we could say revelation, for us, it would be where there's no revelation. Real important. Uh, we looked at the word perish. I'll just zip through it, the word perish. What happens when you don't have a vision? Well, th- th- perish means that you go backwards. <laughs> I have, I've been backwards a few times in my life. And you know that when you go backwards, then you gotta, you gotta make up the ground and it's just not, it's not good. Uh, the people that perish, they go without. They do without. Y'all ever done without? I mean, you weren't destroyed, you weren't perished, but you did without. It was a, it was a hungry time. It says, uh, the word says, they are set at naught, N-A-U-G-H-T. That means to nothing. It's a zero. It means they are refused and voided. And it also means, we saw this one, they are uncovered and made naked. So, uh, you know, you can't do anything when you're naked. You, you won't be bold for God when you, when you think you're not spiritually clothed or don't have the insight. So, uh, uh, but another interpretation says, where there's no progressive revelation of the will of God. That was a commentary that I looked up. Where there is no progressive revelation of the will of God, then you'll perish, because you'll just be like the world. You're just interpreting the world from the world. You're just saying, well, it's a hard time, I need to quit giving. You interpret what the world says, But the word of God will say, it's time to double up. It's time to bear down. It's time to get uh, convicted about it. Uh, So literally, we take this verse and we can interpret it that if you only see life with a worldly perspective, it's going to be deadly for you. Deadly, not necessarily that you lose your breath, but your money, you'll lose your money, you'll lose your health, you'll lose your relationships if you only interpret life from a worldly perspective. In other words... You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're on fire for God, but, but you interpret life just like the heathen. It, all your points for being born again, they don't count for anything. Now, you will go to heaven, praise God, and you will have a glorious time there. It won't make any difference. But on earth, it's going to be deadly for you. And Jesus said, I've come that they might have life. Uh, Deuteronomy says, uh, I've put before you life and death. Choose life. So that's what we're doing. Um, We won't go there, but this scripture in 1 Corinthians 3, 3, where Paul talks to the church at Corinth, and he says, you guys, you are so carnal, for ye are yet carnal, which means worldly. And then he goes on, he said at the end of the verse, and walk as men. And you look up that word men, and it means walk as mere men, which means... You're Christians you're you got the Word of God you're you're you got it all around you but you're walking just like people that don't know God and don't know the plan of God so that's what we're talking about without a vision you perish without progressive revelation something going on that's that's above and beyond your circumstances uh, like that verse we said in John chapter 16 where Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation well if you get tribulated you're gonna have a hard life but he said be of good cheer because why I've overcome the world, and you're in me, and I'm in you. Uh, so we have to transact the world every day. You've got to get up every day and transact the world. What is today's plan? Well, yesterday I didn't do anything for God, and, and the, I, I ran from the devil all day. Well, that's probably not your plan for today. It might turn out that way, but you should you should change that. But you can't change it if you, if you interpret everything by seeing and hearing and feeling you all agree with me oh, yes. you've been there yeah I mean it's just it's worldly just to say well what will be will be that's what it is um, we looked at this scripture I'm kind of reviewing but second Corinthians 418 where it says we look not to the things which are seen in the amplified it says we consider and look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen so it's talking about where there's no vision People perish. Well, the converse of that is where there is a vision, things are going on. It says, for the things that are visible are temporal, brief, and fleeting. One translation says passing away. But here it is. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. So we're, ha- we're not looking at what we see or feel. Yeah, somebody comes in and said, well, the doctor said or the banker said or the finance company said, ah. They are saying it, but those words, unless you pour them in concrete, they are fleeting, temporal, and passing away. If you give credence to it and says, well, that's the way it's going to be. That's what they said. Well, that's absolutely going to be the truth. But if you say, "Ah, whose report will we believe? We will believe the word of the Lord, the report of the Lord. So what is there? What is there when there is a progressive vision. You know, my people perish without, without a vision. My people perish. But well, what if you do have a vision? We, we, there's something going on. Well, what do you expect? I'm, I'm going, I believe the Word of God is going to wow us tonight with what the Word says about you and me. We know Ephesians 3.20 says, exceeding, abundantly, above all, the whole sphere, the whole specter of what we can... Ask or think. But I'm going to show sure you where the word says that. Uh, what if there is progressive revelation? What if you and I get up, we, we tune into the word, we listen to Holy Spirit, we hear the bad report, and we go, ah, we got this. And we need to because nobody's job is secure in itself, nobody's uh, uh, plumbing is secure in itself, nobody's N- nothing nothing is guaranteed it doesn't matter if you if you buy a brand new house or a brand new car you will be in the shop working on that warranty part they'll make it good but what is what is what what's your life like if you have progressive revelation well here's what the lord jesus told peter in matthew 16:17 he said blessed art thou Simon Barjona for flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you but my father which is in heaven wow if Father's talking, if revelation is Father talking to me, well, then I can run with it. It's guaranteed. It's in the bank. It's done. It's finished. If I act on what, what, on revelation, and we've talked about it before, that revelation is revealed. It's not taught. You can't just get up here and say, well, I got something y'all never heard of, because a lot of time because we teach about healing. We teach about finances. We teach about a lot of things Why do people have that trouble the next week? Because they got information. It's because it wasn't revelation. Revelation is when it goes in and it sparks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I see that. We know all, I tell you, we can quote healing scriptures and we can, but until it's revelation, until it sparks, it's just a, I'm hoping. We're in hope and not in revelation. So revelation is not information, even though revelation has facts. There's facts in revelation but it's not just information. It's like, well, now we know some things. Well, knowing's not enough. Revelation is simply hidden truth that gets revealed. Hidden truth. Suddenly you see it. Y'all know, y'all know how it feels when you aha or the light bulb comes on or those you know what the world says is I see it. It is so powerful when you see it. And one thing that's happened for me is uh, getting to teach the word on uh, finances every Sunday morning, or a lot of them, and over the years, I'm convinced inside. If you ever say it and teach it to somebody else as it's coming out, it just it just embeds itself in you. And, I, you know, it comes. And, and y'all are hearing it. Hallelujah. So we, we're going to ask the question, because we don't have all night, is you ready? Ready? Uh, is your vision ready? because without it the, what the bible says you 're going to run down the street naked, so to speak uh, uh, is is without a vision, do you see what 's coming? A vision is simply knowing what 's coming before it gets there before you you hear it before you see it or you know it before it 's evidence that is when your 're ready is ready, like when you know something 's going to be left by u p s or FedEx on the front door, you kind of you say I'm not going to go get groceries until after I intercept him We you get ready for something and uh, if someone's coming for a two o'clock appointment You get ready for it. You you know you put on you put on a nice shirt <laughs> you, you get your ears adjusted so they're the same height whatever you and I have to do But here's the truth and here's this is what I want to teach It's what I want us all to know is without revelation you ready is not ready just cuz you're on the edge of the seat you could be surprised that's one reason we read books and watch movies is cuz we want our 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 hero or our conflict in it we want it to be surprised we want to say wow i never saw that coming but if you watch hallmark movies you don't get that experience <laughs> <laughs> you know, as soon as soon as the the title comes up, you go. I know all about this one. She gets him, and and he runs from her, and they all get together, and happily ever after is the end of that. But Christmas is over, and I will dispense with that. Hallelujah. Um, let me read this scripture because we're kind of going. But you remember this scripture in Second Kings chapter seven, and where uh, where Samaria is uh, under great siege of famine; they just have no food. And uh, not Samaria, but the Samarians are outside the gate, and they're just waiting them out, and they got groceries. But all the folks inside the, the walled city don't have groceries, and it says that, uh, you know, stuff was being sold for uh, exorbitant prices. But one day the prophet Elijah came by, and he said in chapter verse uh, 7, verse 2, he said, he, said, uh, he, he says, tomorrow, about this time, it's gonna be running around in the streets, all this groceries and all this stuff, and uh, a captain in the army said, uh, he said, uh, he said, well, if if God were to open the windows of heaven, could this thing be? Y'all remember that story? might should have gone there, but here we are. So really, what the man of God was saying is, is tomorrow, everything will be different. Yes. Well, there was no context for that. There was no. There was no rain clouds coming in for the famine. Uh, there, there was no sheep coming over the hill. There, there was no troops that were going to... There was no context for victory. Yet the man of God, which is God, said, about in 24 hours, this thing will be completely changed. And, uh, and that's when that man, that soldier said, if the Lord would make windows of heaven, might this thing be? So we're learning we learn there that there's a there's a, a a term in the Old Testament called the windows of heaven that depict great blessings. Cuz he said this time tomorrow it'll be in the streets everywhere. You can't get a chicken bone here today, but tomorrow you'll you, there'll be sheep and and everything all over the place. So uh literally what the officer said was is that he said, it would require, this is so vast, this is so over the top, it would require the windows of heaven to open. There is no natural phenomenon, there's no course of events that could transpire that would cause this to happen. It would take the windows of heaven. And there's kind of a ha-ha after that that says, yeah, right, that's going to happen. Y'all ever been there? Like, okay, we know what it'd take. I owe this, and I don't know anybody with that much, and... Uh, You know, like, right, that's going to happen. We, we better buckle up and, and uh, batten down the hatches because it's going to be a hard road to hoe. And that's what they were all laughing at him for. Turn with me to Malachi chapter 3, if you would please. So I, we've, we've referenced here the windows of heaven, that something wonderful came, would, would come through and they called it, what happened to this great turnaround, this miracle? They called it the windows of heaven open over their lives. And literally, everything changed. The, I believe it's the Syrians that were after them that were camped out there. I believe that's who, and it, I should have read the story closer, but I just read the context there. I just looked that up. But whoever it was that was mean, they were all gone, and the, and the word says they, they uh, thought it might have been a trick, so they went down the track that they left and said there was pots and pans and clothes and everything. They fled in stark terror, and so they just went out there and picked it all up, and everything was great. In Malachi chapter 3, let's look in, a, in verse 10. And we're, we're talking about is you're ready, ready. It says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Prove me if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Wow, we know that verse But I want to go through each word like we would do exceeding, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, or imagine. I want to go through these words in Malachi and tell you and show you what it means. And this is Old Testament. Now, you know the Old Testament is the minimum. It's the minimum for anybody in the New Covenant. It's not the limit of anything. It's the minimum. If you just drop back to the law and just believe God, you can have what the Old Testament says. But it, we get so much more in Jesus. But the word I looked up, and these are interesting words. This word open, I will open, bring all the ties. There may be me and prove me now. And we're going to focus not on the conditions, but on the promise. If I will not open you the windows of heaven. That word open means to throw out wide. So it's not just a squeaky little door that just, you know, jumped on the hinges an inch or six. It means to empty out. And when I looked in this commentary, it said to be exhausted, to be, be emptied out, to be, be completely evacuated. Heaven, heaven evacuated, poured out. On who? On us. If you meet these conditions, and we're going to look at how that is in the New Testament. It means to unstop, take every limit out of the way, Heaven's opening up, and there is no rock in the way. There's no board in the way. Everything's open. It means to draw out, and then it it also means to make to appear. So when heaven's windows open, heaven appears. Everything that's in heaven, it's changed when it comes to earth because they don't need what we need, but it is revealing or appearing upon the earth when the windows of heaven open. I just thought that was amazing. And then I looked up the word windows of heaven. Literally, what does that mean? And, and one uh, trans uh, commentator said it's the most copious, whatever that means, of all supply. The most copious. And I'm assuming that means unfettered, unlimited, most de- demonstrative of all supply. Would that be accurate? Would that be right? Copious? Um, but... And then it, it means the most copious of all, blessing. The best thing you can think about and say, man, Lord, the best thing that could happen to me, I know it won't because I'm a worm and I know you're busy with all the good people, but if I could have what I just, my dream come true, and God said, I'll do that, and then exceeding abundantly above. you know, Because that's what we're thinking, that would be best. Um, the word windows in itself is... Uh, it means as a rain, as a pouring down rain. The the inference there, the assembly there, is a pouring down rain that the wind is open and it's as a flood comes through. And the word that's literally used in the Hebrew is the word superabundance, superabundance. Now, you know, I'm real happy when abundance comes. I write checks for all of that. <laughs> You know, that, that joke that says, I can't be out of money. I still got checks. Well, we could do it. But it says superabundance, And then the, the commentator went on and spent a lot of time uh, addressing this word. And he said, it's emptied out until there is no need. There's no need. It's just piled up. And you know how it is when you pay off your car, or you pay off your house or something. It's just like, whew. You know, you may think, well, I need to get a new one. It's been 15 years paying it off or whatever, but still, you're going, I'm done with that. That's what the windows of heaven uh, imply there. And then it goes down in verse 10. It says, i pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, to be honest with you, there's some things in con- in uh, italics there. The be the, uh, room is not really there. So you have to translate it without those uh, to be literal and uh, But still, the word not enough, because those are the words that are in the original, the word not enough means there's not enough to receive it, that there's a, there's a sufficiency forever. A sufficiency forever. Not enough to receive it. In other words, when you pour out cereal out of a box or milk out of a carton or whatever, you can feel it getting lighter and lighter, and eventually you get to the end of it. And the 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 implication here is it never runs out. You tip it, and it just keeps filling up, and it keeps pouring out. It's a it's a sufficiency forever. Now let me read you Psalm seventy two seven because that's the scripture that's tied with this, where it says, "In his days shall the righteous flourish, an abundance of peace." Shalom means prosperity, abundance of prosperity. So long, how long, Lord, will there be abundance of prosperity? So long as the moon endureth. And the commentator said about that, that it literally means until there is no moon. God will pour out a, a, a sufficient forever, sufficiency forever, until there is no moon. Well, we're all going to the house when there's no moon. (laughs) We're we're like, there's no moon, well, we're through here. (laughs) Beam me up, Lord. Hallelujah. So until there is no moon. Now, the literal word is better there, but still, that's quite an, uh, I guess it's an idiom, a Hebrew idiom, that it means how long? Till there's no moon. You know, there's that saying now that says, I love you to the moon and back. It's kind of an enduring thing uh, that says there's no no way you can... uh, you can measure it. And so um, let's look at verse 11. I'm just talking about how these windows of heaven, what's coming out of these windows. And it says in uh, verse 11, oh, that's 1 Corinthians, uh, and I will rebuke the devourer. The devourer is that locust, literally is, the lo- is that voracious, insatiable locust that, you know, Kansas had them and they did them in the Bible. When they come down on a land, there's nothing left. He said, I will rebuke that for your sakes. So I looked that up and it said, uh, it said when God pours out out of his windows, then he goes to not just the pouring out being more than you can imagine, but where it's poured out, which would be on us, He said, I will rebuke the devourer. And the word there is I I will. uh, Every limitation and diminishment is removed on our side. In other words, he pours out a bunch, but if you can't get it, in other words, if they if they send a million pounds of flour to Africa because they're starving, but the people can't get it, there was no transaction. He said, I'm not only going to pour it out. I'm going to make sure you get it because I'm going to remove every diminishment was the word that the commentator made. I mean, how could we say God, but could you do it all? He's working on it. And and so, and then that word, your vine will not cast her fruit before it's time. The word there is miscarriage. No more miscarriages. Have you ever had a miscarriage in your finances where... What happened? It it, it didn't come to maturity. We didn't get this thing. It was all over us, and they said, you're approved, and you're going to get it, and and it's going to be better. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes back and said, well, you know, we looked at this, and we saw that, and it didn't work out. And so y'all reapply, and we'll see what will happen the next time. That's that's a miscarriage. He said, I'm going to take away the miscarriage of the fruit of your vine. Uh, God said, I got it poured out at full strength. And I got you cleared to receive it at full strength. That is the windows of heaven. So that, that, But now this is an Old Testament term. Uh, in Genesis, it talks about the windows of heaven concerning Noah. It said that the, the, the deep loosened and water came up from the deep and the windows of heaven opened and rain came down. And they'd never seen rain before and it was quite amazing. Uh, let's, let's go back up to verse 10 there just to look at the conditions of getting these windows opened, because it's a good deal, y'all. It's, it's, it's more than 10% off, and we ought to buy all they have. It's, a, it's an amazing deal. And he says, bring ye all the tithes. That word all, I looked it up, and it's the word K-O-L in the Hebrew. And what it literally means is the whole of the tithe, the W-H-O-L-E, the, the fullness of the tithe. And the, the commentator said that if it's only a portion of the tide, God considers it fraud. It's like, well, God, I'm, you know, I'm not 100% good, but I'm 80% good. That's still good. He said, no, if you don't bring 100, it's fraud. Now, isn't that interesting? Who wants to let $20 stand between you and the windows of heaven opening? But you got away with $20, you think. Ah. I got a bunch of gift cards for Christmas and for my uh, my anniversary and my birthday and everything. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I, I tallied those little puppies up and I brought me a tithe in because it was increased to me. Wow. Yeah, that's good. you know, it wasn't just it's sometimes it's kind of difficult to do that. But uh, that's what the word says. And so uh, and when he says into mine house and I, I've known people, maybe you have, maybe you haven't that they tithed into their children going to college, or they tithed because their son needed a new car or a better car or whatever, and they said, well, they don't really need it at the church, and we really need it. We can't even bring our tithe to the church if we don't get transportation or if we don't pay the water bill, so we're going to tithe into our situation, which you think, well, I wouldn't do that, but when people don't tithe, isn't that what they're doing? They're saying, well, I am tithing, I'm just putting it back into, my, into me. And so I wrote down that uh, you would consider no other worthy cause or benefit. In other words, you wouldn't say, I'm comparing what the church looks, which is not, we're not heaven, we're not God, we're not tithing to the church, but that's what people see. You'd say, well, you know, they're doing good. Pastor got up and said, woo, we're doing good. And we're not doing good. We should tithe into ourselves. We shouldn't tithe this week or this month. Now, no condemnation, not for me. I'm not the tax collector. I don't even want to be around the tax collector. But I'm just, here's what the word says. It is so vast. It's so wonderful. You ought to get your heart right and just, but you got to get on the system. You got to, you got to say, I believe it, Lord. I believe your word. We sure it's, it seems impossible, but you know, the Bible is full of, God doing the impossible. I don't know why we just think he does the difficult or the, the tedious or the, the, the hard to get around, but there was always a way. There's no way. Some of These situations that we look at, the 5,000 that got fed and the, the two coins, it's all impossible. Abraham, impossible. Noah, impossible. So we're, we're supposed to get into the impossible realm and, and uh, pull this together. So uh, he says, bring it into mine house. The word bring there, I, I don't know if I wrote that down, but I looked at it. Yeah, bring means, means to carry, to take, to put, or to send. So you kind of have to show up. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm not going to judge that. I'm just saying that's what the word means, show up. It didn't say get your brother-in-law since he's going to, to church to bring your stuff. Hallelujah. So what is the tithe in this? And we're just looking at this concerning the windows of heaven. What is the tithe? Is it money? Is it finances? Is it the economy? Is it supply? Is it funding? Is it a transaction? Is it a business deal where I give 10% down and God opens these windows and it's just a great deal? It is all those things in one sense, but on the other sense, it's nothing. You can do other things and serve God with them. Uh, When I was growing up, uh, my... uh, I, had, I knew a family that didn't tithe, but they mowed the church grass. And I, I'm not judging that. I'm not saying that you can't get away with it. I don't know. But I just tell you, there's some variations. There's some, <laughs> I think God wants your money. I think that he wants uh, what means the most to you. But, but like I said, I'm not judging that. Um, but what is the tithe? The tithe is lordship its lordship it's not even money yeah you can beat him out of 100 dollars a month and uh, and and say what you can tithe on the net instead of the gross you won't catch anybody around here caring cuz i am not anybody's daddy or mama or police person i'll just I just, <laughs> just tell it like i see it and then y'all can you can agree or say you know that's not the way it is uh, what does fox news say We report, you decide, that's it. And that's what I am now. I used to be both sides of it, but um, now I'm just the reporter, hallelujah. And I like that a lot better. So lordship is of the heart. Lordship's not the law. You can't say, I did it, and the Lord owes me 23 cents back because I accidentally gave him too much. You know, it's lordship. And uh, uh, if you mess up your lordship, if you're dishonest with that, or if you're finagling, uh he, he, he calls it fraud, and there's no punishment. There's no condemnation. We never read that verse up there above where it says, will a man rob God? Uh, that's not applicable to us, but I'm sure people do. But He just tells you what the good part is. He said, don't even think about it. I'm going to make it so good for you that you won't even think about messing this up. But all of it's based on believing this, and all of it's based on... Not cheating the Lord, so to speak, or cheating the kingdom. It's on lordship, and lordship is of the heart. And here's the key, I think. Lordship is revelation. You can go through the motions in church and with your money, and uh, it'll be fact-based. You know, bring 10%. Okay, we're doing the calculator, and we're bringing 10%, and whatever people do uh, in their uh, money and other things, but it's got to be an overflow. It's got to be out of the heart. Lordship is out of the heart. Until you fall in love with somebody, you can live with them. You can shack up. You can, you know, you can share this and share that, and and uh, and really make a good deal if you're shacked up because only one house and only, you know, they we my folks laughed about it when I was growing up that like yeah they say two can live as cheap as one, and they would you know they'd chuckle and stuff. Well, there's lots of things, but that's not loyalty because if anybody gets mad, they they. You know, you used my hair dryer and it broke and you won't pay for me a new one. I'm out of here. That's not, Lord, that's not love. That's not commitment. Well, it's kind of like that with God. You either love him and you're, he's Lord or it's an arrangement. And lots of people are in an arrangement. It's, it's fire insurance for them. They just don't want to go to hell. And so they, they call up or they go to church and say, what is the minimum... Well, you got to be saved, man. You got to you got to give your heart to Jesus. Well, what's that? Well, come down in front of the church. That's how it happened for me, and just tell the preacher you want to ask Jesus into your heart, or you want to join the church, or have it plays for you, and then you get water baptized. Lots of people I ask, "Are you born again?" They say, "I am baptized," and you know you got to deal with that, don't you? So that's off the subject. So prosperity is not money. But there's money involved. Why is money involved? Because we like money. And it's got to submit. It's got to bow down. It's got to yield to the Lord. Whatever you like the most, that's what the Lord wants. To make him Lord, you have to to put it under his jurisdiction. So lots of people give a lot of things to God and give him control, but they have things that they're saying, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to have a little this every night or I'm going to smoke a little that every day or I'm going to which doesn't matter. It's not it's not even important, but it's just that they're resisting. And until they let go of that, they haven't made Jesus Lord. We all have areas in our life like that. I talked about smoking and drinking, but that's that's the that's the overt sins. But there's lots of inside sins, probably more. Uh, The word talks about your outward sins your, your, uh, your outward sins go with you in life, but your inside sins go with you into eternity. Nobody knows about them, and they think everything's good. Brother Hagin always says you're going to be surprised who's in heaven, you're going to be surprised who's not in heaven, and you're going to be surprised that you're in heaven. <laughs> oh, I like that. So we have, to, we have to answer the money question, and we're just talking about that one aspect tonight. This is not, is you ready, ready, it's just, is it ready in money? Because if you don't establish money, it doesn't matter what else we talk about. If money's left out, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be ready if you've got, you got a resistance to your money. You're not going to be ready because revelation is the source of being ready. Um, everybody's got to answer the money question. And none of us can advance in our vision, our dream, our progressive revelation if money is not under the lordship of Jesus. Jesus. Doesn't mean you got to give more, but you just got to have, have a happy heart because you can see when people first come uh, into a church, you can see when it's offering time because we're, we're pretty gregarious about the offering here because we're all happy about it. We're not trying to get anybody to give. We're just all celebrating how good it is to give. But sometimes you can just tell them, they're just pulling it out of their purse like, ah, this is, this is hard. And that's because it was for all of us at one time. Nobody is born, even born again, saying, I, I want to give him everything. It takes just a little bit of adjusting to say he wants what? And the thing is, as millionaires have to give, if you make a million, you have to give $100,000. It's proportionate. It's as painful for them as it is if you're just making a hundred and you have to give ten. And I say have to, but that's what that means. So how, you, how we how we interface with the world, how we, if we worship any part of the world or we glorify any part of the world or if we're dependent on any part of the world, it's a demonstration of our relationship to money. Because let me give you the scripture. Ecclesiastes ten nineteen. I didn't give this one Sunday. Let me just read it to you. A feast is made for laughter. That's true. And wine maketh merry. That's true. But money answereth all things. You go, ah, oh, we don't need money. Jesus, oh yeah, you do. But you just got to bring it under some lordship. You got to bring it where it serves you and you don't serve it. Where you're mastering it and it's not mastering you. Uh, the word answereth, but money answereth all things. The word answereth means to give an account. So money, this is true. If, if, if somebody says, Jesus is Lord of my whole life, well, then just give me your checkbook and give it to me for 10 minutes, and I can tell where you are. You could tell if I was. You'd look at my checkbook. It's not some special gift. You just look at what people are buying and what they're spending their money on and what they're not spending their money on, and you can tell exactly because it is, it is in concert what we love. We put our money to that. The word means it testifies, so money testifies to all things. It tells on us. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be. It means it bears witness to all things. So, wow. So you can't just fix your money and say, okay, okay, if that's what it's going to take, I'll give 10% and I'll I'll throw in 11%. So God's good. But see, if your heart's not in it, it didn't change anything. It's legalistic. It's, It's the law. People say, well, the tithe is under the law. Well, not if you put your heart in it you got a liberty, you got a freedom. Back then when they were tithing in the Old Testament, it was the law. We're coming after if you don't. If you don't. I'll tell you, I looked the other day, and it, to, to be a good Jew in America, now I don't know if it's this way in every synagogue or every temple, I should say, but they, they don't pay a tithe. You'd think the Jews would pay a tithe. But what they do is they have, um, uh, what do they call it? It wasn't fees or dues. But they have a price for every family. You submit to the, the, ra- the uh, what do you call those, the priest or rabbi, you submit to him, you know, this is what I make. And uh, somehow he figures up and said, well, for you to be a member of this temple this year, it's going to take you $48,000 or $2,200 or $1.99, whatever it is. It's not based on tithing. They don't come in and figure up and and do a thing. The temple sets it and you go, "Well, what if you don't want to pay?" Then you're not in the temple. And if you're not in the temple, you got big troubles with the big guy, so to speak. Cuz if you're Jewish, everything comes through the temple. So you, so you pay in advance. You just you pony up at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the cycle and you pay that and you get to come and and bar mitzvah and marry your children and and all, the, all that we all want a place to do, isn't that interesting? They've adapted that, but that's not what the Word says. The Jews ought to do it more than we do it because it's, they really are under the law, aren't they? Okay, so um, uh, we talked about this Sunday that, uh, that, that the, the, the vision that you and I have, the revelation, the progressive vision, the progressive revelation, if without it we'll perish... So, we got to handle our money right. We got to have a right thinking about money. And the way you do that is by revelation. You got to talk to God about it. You got to go through the scriptures about it and see what does the word say. You can't just let some preacher get up in front of you and say, and say, okay, okay. Because we're not going to kick you out of the church. If you never tithe, we won't kick you out. And you, won't, you will not fail to go to heaven. If you don't tithe, you will be there on the doorstep, same as all of us. But you're going to have a limited and a hard life down here on earth. The windows of heaven are poured out down here, not up there. They got streets of gold up there. They got mansions. They got fruit trees that never, no leaf ever falls off of them. So, uh, So this thing about money reveals who we are at the new birth, who we are, what we have, and what we can do. It's all tied up to your vision about money. I have a vision I, that the more you get, the more you give percentage-wise. It's not even like, well, the tithe makes you give more because you got more. It's like, no, let's change our, let's, let's, let's give more. The tithe, no matter what you make, but let's give more. Let's, we gave 1000 last year. Let's give 2000 this year to missions to, because it's in here. It, but if you think up here, legalistically, it's like the tithe. I brought it. Shut up. I'm good, and that's all I want to hear about it, you know. Nobody can judge that. So, um, but the, the windows of heaven are Old Testament. There is no windows of heaven in the New Testament. So, as I was studying this, I realized that the mind of Christ is the New Testament. We're filled with the wisdom of God. We, we, are, we are problem solvers. We fix stuff. We, we're on it. And, but it comes by revelation. You can't just say, well, uh, Billy Joe uh, uh, started building birdhouses, and he, and he got a contract, and Billy Joe, he's, uh, he's got three cars in his garage because he did it off of building birdhouses. I'm going to go build me some birdhouses. You know, it just might not work. Revelation would make it work, though. So uh, here's what the Word says, even though it's in, it's in Malachi says the word. The word says that the windows of heaven, and we would say the mind of Christ, will supply you more than you can ever handle. No matter how much you can handle, God's pouring out more than we need. Y'all say amen. Amen. He's pouring out. Nobody is is being even billionaires can't spend everything. They just have to give it away in wholesale lots because they can't. They can't buy any more cologne or uh, a walk-in bathtub or a jet. Eventually, they physically are just one person at one place at one time with physical needs, and and they can't have a thirty-two thousand um, room mansion and walk through all of them because they get tired just like the guy that's walking from one end of his tent to the other. So you can't. He's he's pouring out more than we need. So. If he's doing that, and that's what he thinks he's doing. That's what he thinks he's doing, that he's pouring out more than we need, no matter what our need is. So when we think we need more money, because down here we're not getting it all, what should we do? Should we ask him for more money? Lord, I'm just praying for my electric bill. I'm just praying for Johnny's going to college. That's not what the Word teaches. The Word teaches that instead of asking for more money, because he's given us more than we need, that we enlarge our capacity. That's the best thing I'm going to say tonight. Amen. We enlarge our ability to receive. Because up here, we're limited. Ah, windows of heaven, pour out more than you need. When The devourer rebuked. We, we fight that all the time. We fight the, the fact that no matter how much we make, most people take out some for savings and live on the rest. And you go, well, I, 10 years ago, I, I wasn't making this, but now I'm making $30,000 more. Well, do you have more money stacked up? No, we just buy this and invest in that. and So nobody ha- nobody's got that. We, we take what we take. So how are you going to do it? You're going to have to enlarge your capacity. How do you do that? It's by Revelation. I've, uh, I'm doing more missions at River Church and personal than I've ever done. And I'm telling you, I've been noticing the windows of heaven. Just if you can say Old Testament, I've been noticing there's just been a flow, just a flow. Somebody that I have, it's been 20-something years since, uh, been a long time. And they sent me $400 the other day just out of the blue, just like... Like, bless you, brother. I said, I'm blessed. (laughs) And I'm only telling you that to say that there's a correspondence here. There's a, it works. So uh, God's not wasteful. So if he's going to pour out more than you and I need, then we are supposed to enlarge our capacity. How we do that is we believe. There's plenty more of that came from. That's what we're saying. We're saying everything is just right. Before that, we said everything is turning out amazing. And if it's not amazing, it's still turning. We've been saying things that, that point to there's plenty. There's more than enough. And so we're trying to enlarge our, 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 down here, our belly, our spirit man, to say, ah, we got this. And when you say that, then it's true. And it'll start. It'll start. But if you go, oh, the electric bill's going to be bad. It's July and we burned it every day. Well... The air conditioner, we ran it every day. Whoa, what are we going to do? You're just going to barely have enough. You will have enough, but you, that's all it'll be. You'll go, wow. Let me tell you something else. People that say if we didn't give all that money because we're, we're giving our contribution lists out, uh, if we hadn't have given $10,000 to River Church last year, look at what we could have done with $10,000. i am just going to remind you all, it wouldn't have come. It came to give the 10000 the 2000 whatever you did, you wouldn't have had it. I promise you, you wouldn't have had it. It would have just, it floated into your life to fund your life, including the windows of heaven opening in your life. Amen. Well, praise God. I love to preach about Jesus being more than enough. Amen. Amen. So thank you for tuning in this evening. Hope you got blessed. We'll be back Sunday morning. Uh, we'll be on about ten thirty or ten forty if. If we're on at all, hallelujah. If we don't have a Holy Ghost thing and forget to turn the camera on, that's what we'll be doing. God bless you.